This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 8th, 2015. Mission Impossible in the Pit. Wow. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this day, a day that you've made, a day where we can come together and hear your word, learn more about Jonah and how we may be a little bit more like him than we think. Settle us in, remove any distractions. We thank you, Lord, and pray this in your holy name. Everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. Mission impossible. That's our sermon series title, Mission Impossible. And that's what we saw last week uh, with Jonah. It really appeared like a mission impossible. God had called Jonah to the great city of Nineveh to preach against the evil things and what the people were doing. A lot of evil stuff going on. Jonah, well, he didn't like the assignment one single bit. He chose to jump ship and head for Tarshish, which was the exact opposite direction. The Lord brought this terrible storm onto the sea, uh, and he had gotten on a ship to Tarshish, and so the boat was rocking to and fro. Everybody thought they were going to lose their lives. It was so bad that the sailors threw Jonah overboard in order to calm the waves. And that's exactly what happened. Once Jonah was thrown overboard, the sea became calm. Here's where we left off last week with Jonah. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, say the rest with me, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And so before we forge ahead, we'd like to go into a little more detail on a couple of ideas that we talked about last week. First of all, we talked about Jonah going down. He went down to Joppa to hop on a ship to head for Tarshish, the opposite direction where God called him. Then once on the ship, he went down below to take a nap while the other sailors were going crazy weathering the storm. Finally, and this we we picked up, uh, it really didn't cover last week, but it was at the end of last week, uh, Jonah went down into the water, thrown overboard by the other sailors. He went down, down, down to the very lowest point of his life, to the point where God sent a fish, a large fish, to save him. He was, in his own words, in the pit. Isn't it funny? that it's often not until we hit our lowest point, not until we're in the pit, that we begin to talk to and we especially begin to listen to the Lord. Maybe it's because when we're in the pit, God finally has our full attention. Well, let's talk about the other sailors on the boat. We mentioned last week that they were the outsiders, while Jonah was the insider. And we pointed out that God cares for everyone, for the outsiders, and Jesus' ministry was very much focused on that. 
Well, let's take a moment longer this week to talk about the outsiders and what we might learn that would be valuable for us here today. You know, even though these other sailors didn't believe in Jonah's God, the God of Israel, the God that we pray to, it didn't mean they were bad guys. In fact, according to a commentary called The Interpretation, these men were realistic, they were pious, and they were very practical. When the storm comes, their first reaction is realistic. They're afraid. That makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? And then their second reaction is to pray. Now, granted, they were each praying to their own gods, but they were praying. They knew that that was the thing to do in such a scary, such a terrifying situation. And that then, after praying, they were very practical. As they were ridding cargo, throwing it overboard, trying to lighten the ship so that it wouldn't go down so far in the waves. Hmm. Reminds me of something I learned years ago when I was in sales management about the spiritual and the practical. Um, I was at a seminar one time when the guy said, when your ship goes down, you pray to God, but you swim to shore. Amen? Amen. The spiritual coupled with the practical. These sailors, they know a healthy balance between prayer and action. And they're also humane. When Jonah told them to throw him into the sea, they refrained. They, they, they didn't want to uh, 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 risk, they'd rather risk their lives trying to row back to shore than to throw this man to his death. And so they refrained, risking their lives, choosing to keep that, him on board as long as they possibly could rather than throwing him into the deep. And they had a leader. The sailor's leader was the captain. And the captain was also a spiritual man, even though Jonah's God was not this man's God. He worshipped little g gods. When he finds Jonah in the cabin sleeping, he doesn't like say, why aren't you helping? But his first words, in effect, are, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you praying? Get up and call on your God. Why aren't you praying? Mm, yeah. The commentary also points out that when the sailors do finally throw Jonah overboard, they first pray. And they pray to Jonah's God, not wanting to be guilty of shedding innocent blood. When the sea stops raging, their great fear of the storm becomes a great fear of the Lord. It's interesting how sharply contrasted the behavior of the outsiders, the sailor is, compared to that of the insider, Jonah. While they are on deck working to save the ship, he's down below, fast asleep. While we see them praying to their gods, not a word of prayer is uttered by Jonah to his god. While the sailors are frantically trying to preserve life, Jonah has given up and is ready to die. The sailors act, Jonah reacts. Sailors are spiritually deep as they talk to their gods and also even to Jonah's God, while Jonah at this point is spiritually shallow, talking about God, but not to God. So this is a good reminder for us. We're insiders. We're, we're in church. We're 
Jesus followers or exploring what that looks like in our lives. So kind of on the inside, we are not called to judge outsiders. We are not called to judge outsiders. Instead, we are called to love them, to appreciate them. Our culture is full of people who don't believe in Christ. But what do we do about that? We surround them and we love them. We become Christ, you know, Jesus with skin on. That's how we share the good news. And we also know that just because we go to church, we don't have it all together, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Christians are not perfect people. Like sometimes the outsiders think, oh, look, they think they're perfect. That, that is not true. We do not have it all together. We are reminded of uh, a scripture that is, is one that we pray is in everybody's heart. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, the whole world, the insiders and the outsiders, you and me. God so loved the world, everyone who's living and breathing, walking and talking. God so loved the entire world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Now that's the good part for us. But we have to love everyone. We are called to love and appreciate the entire world, insiders and outsiders alike. And so Jonah was thrown overboard, and the sea calmed down for the sailors on the ship, and ultimately for Jonah, as God sent a huge fish to rescue him by swallowing him and holding him for three days and three nights. And while Jonah was in the belly of that fish, he had a chance to think and rethink, a chance to evaluate and reevaluate, a chance to consider and reconsider. And so Jonah's in the belly of the fish, and he prays. Here's what he says. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever, say the rest. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. And so while inside the fish, Jonah prayed, to God. Funny, this is the first time we see him praying. First prayer we hear from Jonah. He didn't pray when God called him to Nineveh, really. He didn't pray when the lay waves were crashing over the ship. He, he didn't pray when they were preparing to throw him overboard. So finally, inside the fish, we get to see him pray. And it's a prayer of thanksgiving as he looks back and realizes what God did for him, as he cried out in fear, as he was going down into the depths of the sea. He says that in his distress, 
He called to the Lord, and the Lord answered. From the deep realm of the deep, Jonah called for help, and the Lord listened to his cry. Jonah is so much like us, isn't he? Wouldn't we be so much better off if we made prayer our first action (laughs) rather than our last? (laughs) Well, looking back, we see that Jonah realizes what a desperate situation that he's in. Waves and breakers just sweeping over him, banished from God's sight, never to look again toward God's holy temple. Can you imagine that feeling? Never again. The waters threatened him. The deep surrounded him. This wonderful visual image where Jonah says, seaweed was wrapped around my head. I mean, God gives us the details here. Can you just picture this guy in the depths of the sea fighting for his life with seaweed wrapped around (laughs) his head? Desperation. That is utter, utter desperation. To the roots of the mountain I sank, he cried out. You know, you really can't get much lower than that, can you? In the pit. But what does he say at the end? Here's here's the part that is like, yes, he got it right. He said, but you, Lord my God, brought my life from the pit. Hmm. You ever been in the pit? And when I say pit, I mean that point where um, in your life where it didn't seem like you could get any lower, things couldn't get any darker, life couldn't get more challenging. It's what a guy named John of the Cross, who was a 16th century saint in the church, it's what he was talking about when he, his poem, The Dark Night of the Soul. I remember such a night for me many years ago. It was kind of a difficult time in my life, and it was one night where Carrie was away. She was out of town, and I was by myself and just thinking about some things and just at an all-time low. I couldn't sleep. It's in a deep, dark place, allowing, like I said, some things of the past to kind of consume me. I I wasn't um, suicidal or anything like that at that point, but... It was just a time where it just didn't seem like it it could get any darker, any worse. Uh, One of those nights where it just seemed like the night was never going to end. You ever have one of those? Uh, You know, it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and all you're praying is that that sun will come up and bring some light. Because you know when the sun comes up, things will somehow be better. But it just seemed like the night was going to last forever and I just had to hold on prayerfully hold on tight until the rays of the sun came up in the morning you know there's something about the sun that makes all the difference in the world (coughs) the S-U-N but even more importantly the S-O-N sun sun makes all the difference And the Lord led me out of that pit by helping me connect with a pastor slash friend slash counselor who spiritually helped me deal with um, 
some junk in my life that was just dragging me down, down into the pit. And, and, and I was and I am so thankful that God brought that guy into my life, you know? So thankful that through the help of that Christian brother, he brought me up from the pit. Well, how about you? Has God brought you up from the pit? What did God use to do that? A friend, a teacher, a book, movie, music, nature? What did God use? Well, here's another question. When you're in the pit, or if you've been in the pit, were you looking for God? Were you looking for God? Are you looking for God to provide a way out? For God so loved Jonah that he sent him a fish. For God so loved Alan that he sent him a friend. What about you? For God so loved, fill your name in the blank. For God so loved that he sent For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the truth. <laughs> that is. It's true. God provided for Jonah. God provided for Alan. God has provided for me numerous, many times, more than I can count. God's providing for you. Absolutely. And Jonah recognized that, but you, my God, brought my life from the pit. Jonah prays the Lord. He's right there in the dark, and he's praying, oh, God, thank you. In Alan's case, a friend. In Jonah's case, a fish, a huge fish. God used a fish. Go figure. A fish. The fish swallowed Jonah up, he spent three days and three nights in the belly of that fish. And here's what we see and hear from Jonah as his prayer continues. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, say it with me, salvation comes from the Lord. Sooner or later, we all come to a point in life where life as we know it starts ebbing away. Sometimes it's the result of our choices, and sometimes it's not. Either way, life ebbs, and we, and we get something other than we expected. And it usually involves loss. The loss of the job we plan to have to retirement. The loss of the marriage we thought that was for a lifetime. The loss of our health or the health of someone close to us. The loss of a loved one, a parent a sibling, a friend, a child. The loss of our innocence because of some poor choices either on our part or someone else's. 
the loss of you name it in your life. Sooner or later, we experience loss, and the life we knew starts ebbing away. And when that happens, we have a choice, a real simple choice. We can either blame God and turn away, or we can realize that God is our only hope and embrace God more tightly than we ever have up to then. Our choice is to run as hard as we can, either away from God or toward God's open arms waiting to embrace us. <laughs> Jonah tried it both ways. <laughs> and when he ran toward God, he was able to say, salvation comes from the Lord. There's a Christian author, he's a preacher, he's a theologian, we quote him a lot. His name is Craig Barnes. And in his book, When God Interrupts, he puts it like this. The deep fear lying behind every loss is that we have been abandoned by the God who should have saved us. The transforming moment in Christian conversion comes when we realize that, God, that even God, when we realize that even God has left us. Then we discover it was not God but our image of God that abandoned us. This frees us to discover more of the mystery of God than we knew. Only then is change possible. Three days in the belly of a fish. It's a foreshadowing of hundreds of years later when Jesus spent three days in the belly of the earth. Difference was Jonah thought he was going to die, but didn't. Jesus knew he was going to die, and he did. Jonah was there because of his sin. <laughs> Jesus was there because of ours. Jonah's three days resulted in God commanding the fish and it vomiting Jonah onto dry land and Jonah getting a new life, a second chance. Jesus' three days resulted in resurrection from the dead, New life for you and me. For us, a second chance. So what about you? <laughs> Are you running from God? Are you running away because God has not been meeting your expectations? See, we have this image of God. We put God in a box. We have expectations from God. Sometimes God doesn't deliver that way. Do you have this image of God and God's just not living up to your expectations or your image? So are you running away? Or are you running toward God, realizing that God is the only salvation, the only salvation that you have, that we have? No one else can save us. It's only God, so what's it going to take for God to get your attention? That's kind of a scary question to think about. What's it going to take for God to get your attention? Sometime in the pit? Maybe being thrown overboard, so to speak, and spending three days 
in the belly of a fish? Or, or are you willing to celebrate and be eternally grateful for the three days that Jesus Christ has already spent realizing that our salvation comes from the Lord. That's our promise. And that's the truth. And that's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Will you pray with me? Oh God, we can learn so much from Jonah. And when I was a kid, it just was a big fish story. And now we see this man who ran away from you and ran toward you, and the running away didn't work, and the running away doesn't work for us. And oh, we try so hard to maybe not go totally opposite, but to just not go forward the way you want. God, help us proclaim who you are and whose we are, that you are the one true God who will never, ever let us go, ever. Even when we're in the pit, you are there. Even when we're on the mountaintop, you are there. Help us make prayer our first action, not our last. And help us proclaim our faith, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.